0: Welcome to the BGR Review, where we take off our 21st century American lenses and instead look at current events, relationship issues, and cultural trends from a biblical perspective. And I am your host, Larry Solomon. So uh, in this first uh, BGR Review episode here, before I get into the the topic of this week's episode, <laughs> I want to give a little introduction to myself and the philosophy from which you're going to hear the teachings of the Bible here. You can find on your podcasts online, different lists, Amazon or or Android, uh, Apple, and other podcast lists. You can find a lot of Christian podcasts, okay? You can find a lot of Christian podcasts that say they are conservative. You can find a lot of podcasts that say they're Christian, conservative, and biblical, or that they're even going to teach from a biblical perspective, This podcast is going to be different than any other podcast you've probably ever heard. And this podcast is going to come from not just a Christian and conservative and a biblical perspective, but we're going to do something that other Christians, a lot of Christians, very few Christians, are doing what I'm doing. You're not going to find this perspective out there. Because what they're doing is, is they're teaching What they say is from a Christian conservative and biblical perspective. But they're doing it through the lenses of 21st century America. Of 2019 America. Okay? And in order for us to really understand the truth of God's word, we must clear all presuppositions from our mind. We have to clear what American... American values, what, what we say they are, what our parents have taught us, what our churches have taught us, um, we have to clear all that away, even what, what American history has taught us. We, we cannot think anything is s- sacred to where it could not be wrong. The founding fathers could have made some mistakes in how they designed our country and our constitution. And if if you hold that the Constitution is as perfect as the Bible, that's a mistake as a Christian. I mean, I love this country. I love this country, and I'm one of the most patriotic people you would ever meet, okay? I support our military. I, I support this country, and I love our founders, but they weren't perfect men. And a lot of us can agree, We well, we would disagree on where they made mistakes, but people on both the right and the left have to... Would say they made some mistakes, but we would disagree where where they made them. Although people on the right will say they made fewer mistakes, and some people on the right will be like, "The Constitution was a perfect document." I'm sorry, but it wasn't. Okay, there's some, and we're gonna go through that in the series, and I hope that you'll listen with an open mind and an open heart because some of the mistakes the founders made have led us to where we are as a society with all of the problems that we have today. They planted the seeds, they left things exposed, they didn't protect certain things. And, um, it's brought us to where we are today. But again, you know, I don't want you thinking, you know, that I'm, I'm saying that America is a horrible place. I'm not, but I just, I want to show from a Christian perspective, um, what God says. And we have to to do this. We have to take off all those presuppositions family, culture, the founding, all of those things. And we have to get back to the basics. And a foundational truth for us as Christians is that we have to realize that the Bible must be the foundation for all of our thinking. And we have to start at the Old Testament, realizing that the New Testament is built on the foundation of the Old and then the New Testament, and realize that the Bible as a unit is the Word of God. We can't fall into this ditch that some Christian teachers do. Well, we can just ignore the Old Testament. No, if you ignore the Old Testament, then you ignore the foundation of the New Testament. God's moral law is found both within the Old and the New Testaments. And, you know, we we, we definitely believe in progressive revelation here, so I don't want to scare anybody thinking that we're going to tell you you got to follow Israelite ceremonial laws and civil laws. We're not going down that path, okay? But the Bible as a whole, from Genesis to Revelation, is the Word of God and should form the foundation for how we live our lives. Okay? So, <clears throat> with that being said, we also have to realize that that we have to apply the Bible and not just um, not just hear it. Okay? So, I just want to read you a couple of passages here as, as we begin this. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 says this. What I just said about the Bible being the foundation for our are everything that we do as, a, as individuals, as families as churches, as nations all scripture it says this, all scripture and this is from the King James Version all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works Okay. and then James 1, 23-25 says this for, for if any man be a hearer of the word So again, we need to understand that the Bible is the foundation for all moral truth, for how we live our lives, for all of our decisions. And and I will argue in these podcasts, as I review different cultural trends and different things and relationship perspectives and issues going on, that everything starts with the Word of God. It's not our feelings. It's not our culture. Those things can be wrong. Our feelings, our culture can be wrong. Our founding fathers could have been wrong on some things all of those things we must accept we must accept that the only perfect source of truth we have is the word of god so that's going to lay the foundation for everything that i teach on this on these podcasts and i and i hope you really will listen with an open heart <coughs> that you will that you will have a teachable spirit and let god show you what his word says and yes some of it's going to shock you when you actually take off your 21st century lenses and start with the bible and the old testament and then the new as your source of morality you're gonna go but the bible says this is but american society says yeah that's gonna happen a lot that's gonna happen a lot just warning you up front but if you want to follow God's word and you want to do what he created you to do, God created both men and women for his glory. And he created us to to bring him glory in different and distinct ways. And we're going to talk about that in these podcasts. Okay? But before I continue here, I want to talk about America's false God. And the seeds for this were planted very close to the beginning of this country. (laughs) Really, in our founding documents, okay? And this false god is referenced in a speech that was given on July 16th, 1984, by Mario Cuomo. And he delivered this in the keynote address to the Democratic National Convention. I believe it was in San Francisco or San Diego. (laughs) And he said this. We speak... For the minorities Who have not yet Entered the mainstream We speak for ethnics Who want to add Their culture To the magnificent Mosaic that is America We speak For women Who are indignant are That this Are indignant That this nation Refuses to etch Into its government Governmental com- Commandments This simple rule Thou shalt not Sin against equality A rule so simple I was going to say and i perhaps dare but i but i dare not but i will it is a commandment so simple it can be spelled in three letters e r a which of course is a reference to the equal rights amendment which was never ratified by the states so this is what is he saying he says thou shalt not sin against equality okay america's false god which drives everything else and 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 the seeds for the worship of this false god were planted very close really pretty much in the beginning of our nation. They didn't realize it. The founding fathers didn't realize it. They they said, you know, we're, we worship God, we were Christian people. Most of them were were Christians, believers in Christ. Um, you know, we had some deists and we did have, you know, some seculars like Thomas Paine, but most of them were Bible-believing Christians, okay? They didn't realize because they were they were trying to build a society that was just and 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 i would argue that there are some types of equality that are good like basic equal justice before the law and those kind of things that you don't judge the rich differently than the poor and you don't go okay well you know if if you're black, then we're going to, you know, apply a different standard of justice than white if you kill someone or rob someone. Okay, so we can understand, <laughs> we're not talking about basic equal justice before the law, you know, in a court setting or whatnot, you know, if you break the law. <clears throat> what we're talking about is a is a society that came to worship equality in the sense of that everyone and everything must be equal with outcomes, not... not equal outcomes and and, and and equality became the central focus of the country, not God, not morality, not family. All of those things went aside and to worship this false God, wherein Mario Cuomo said it, Thou shalt not sin against equality. Okay? Well, my Bible <laughs> says in Exodus 23, in the very first commandment, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And you will not find any reference in the Ten Commandments or any other commandment in the scripture that sounds anything like that. Thou shalt not sin against equality. The Bible is full of inequalities. It is absolutely full. It recognizes the difference between parents and children and men and women okay and it even recognizes the difference between citizen and non-citizen if you look in the nation of israel there were different rules for the israelite citizens than there were for the stranger living among them now some things were similar but others were not and over my podcast we will talk about that okay and and i just want to mention too here that that this is the 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 bgr review is the basic podcast okay? Uh, this is free. Um, I'm going to put this out there for any of the podcasts that's out there. You can come and f- listen to this for free. But um, there's going to be a premium version. There, there, there is a premium version um, that will offer uh, lesson formats on various theological subjects. Um, and also, there's going to be a dear BGR. Um, there's a dear BGR series that where I will talk about letters or well not letters technically I don't get letters emails <laughs> emails and comments that I receive um and I'm going to go through those and talk about it uh um in those series and this comes from a uh my other blog which is biblicalgenerals.com that's that this ministry um of bgrlearning.com is a extension is a growth of that um uh, blog ministry that I've had since 2014 it's had uh, we're going on this year. We may break eight million views, okay? And uh, so you could see a lot of things over there that I'm going to talk about, and sometimes I'll reference an article over there. But um, but yeah, we we need to realize, um, as a people, that America has sinned against God. We have we have elevated this false god of equality, and it's not the only one we have, but it's a big one. We have other false gods we have false gods of education we're educate where, where, where people just spend all of their time and treasure on education I mean a certain amount of education is okay but we are utterly ridiculous in this nation the 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 the, the pedestal that we have placed education on and the amount of our lives that people are expected to dedicate to education is in, in the way we judge our value by education okay? And also our materialism, our obsession with all these things that we have to have that generations in the past would have looked at us and go, wow. If they could see what we think we have to have now, they'd be like, wow, you're very materialistic. So equality, education, materialism, those are all false gods that I'm going to hit hard through my podcast when comparing with the word of God, which should be the central focus of our life, and realizing that it is God and God alone which was be the one true god that we worship and it is his will for our lives it is it is his purpose for our lives he created us for his glory and his honor he did not create us to worship the gods of education equality and and materialism Now, i mean there's nothing wrong with having nice things and there's nothing wrong with you know a basic sense of equality like i said like you know basic equal justice before the law even the bible talks about you know e- you know equally applying the law and not slanting it so we're not talking about that but but we'll get into some other ways that that, that and I think some of you are going to know where I'm going with this that you realize yes america wa- worships this you hear it on the news you hear it in churches you hear I mean we have brought this false god into the churches we have brought this false god into christian families we have brought this false god everywhere In our country. And we as Christians have to stand up against it. And what Mario Cuomo did, and a lot of Christians are doing, is they're adding things. I I see people on Facebook all the time saying, spouting things that are not in the Bible. Well, doesn't the Bible say? No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that, okay? And Deuteronomy four two warns against this. It says, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Only those words of God which come through his prophets, which come through Christ, and which come through his apostles after Christ's ascension, that is the word of God. We cannot add to that, okay? We cannot add to God's word. Now, I want to talk about as part of this introduction and then I'll be I'll be done here in a second. Um the three institu- the three institutions that God has created. God has created the institutions of the family, the church and the nation. Okay? Now most people might not Know that God created the nation, but He did actually, and I'll, I'll show you those passages really quick. God created these three institutions, okay? But all of these institutions to be strong and to be what God wants them to be must all be built upon the foundation of Christ. First Corinthians three eleven says this: For other foundation can no man lay that is laid which is Jesus Christ. So Christ must be the foundation for strong families, strong churches and strong nations, and we have to realize it, but but we can't just say, well, yep, Jesus Christ must be the foundation, because do you know how many people take and twist and and go, well, but Jesus would do this, or Jesus didn't talk on this, or Jesus, and they twist the word of God to meet their their liberal socialistic agendas, and, and put things in the Bible that's not there. No, my friends, Christ, the word, gave us his word, gave us everything in the scriptures through his prophets that came before him through through his own words while he walked the earth recorded by his apostles as well as words he gave to his apostles after his ascension so what the Apostle Paul said is just as if Jesus Christ said it himself because Jesus spoke it through him okay and what Moses said is just as if Jesus Christ said it himself because Jesus Christ spoke through Moses and again, we understand progressive revelation. We'll talk about some of those concepts as I review different articles. And I'm also going to talk about that in the advanced or in the premium section, the the BGR premium section. And that's uh, it's five dollars a month for the premium. Um, if you want to subscribe to that, if you listen to some of the, the basic here, basic BGR uh, learning here and you like this, the, the BGR review, if you like this, uh, you could subscribe um, to the premium uh, podcast. And I hope you do. Um, so, but with that being said, again, I want to go back to this, that, that this foundation, this is going to be a theme throughout these podcasts of, of, of going through, how does the Bible apply to the institutions of the family, the church and the nation? Okay. And we have to start first with what is the first institution God created? The very first institution that God created is the family and the center of focus of the family is the marriage is marriage between a man and a woman first Corinthians 11 7 to 9 says this for man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God but the woman is the glory of the man for the man is not of the woman but the woman of the man neither was the man created for the woman but the woman for the man and our society has rejected that statement and rejected many other biblical statements. That that Mario Cormel's thou shalt not sin against equality and it's the ERA amendment, this runs contrary. Uh, the fact that woman was created for man runs contrary to the Equal Rights Amendment and I'm going to go through that in this podcast and other podcasts and you'll see that. But God, it says here that that man the male that's what it is here in the Greek here the male is the image and the glory of God but the woman is the glory of the man man was created by God. Yes, men and women were both in Genesis nine and six. I believe it. It says that that, that bo- both men and women were made in the image of God, and this is why it's wrong to kill. Okay, uh, because because both men and women are made in God's image, and that's why God demanded the blood for 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 killing a man or a woman. Okay, so in that sense, it's mankind, right? But there is a special way in which. Man is the image. Man isn't just made the image of God as woman is. And this is a concept we're going to talk. And, and a lot of you may have never heard this before. But we'll talk about this throughout the series. And I and I have a, a great series actually already over there on the premium section called His Image, Our Purpose. If you subscribe to the premium uh, uh, Podcast you can listen to that And I explain this concept more That I'm kind of going over very quickly here But but yes men and women were both made in the image of God But man is the image of God In a way that woman is not This is why God is referred to as Father, husband, son Prophet, king And not as in female titles Like queen, you know Mother, daughter God's not referred to in that way It's because man, God's image is best reflected and it's meant to be in the masculine, human nature. We're not saying men women, that women are less human than men or women don't have souls or any of this crazy stuff that that some people have said, but we have to recognize that man is, man was created to specifically image God, to to image all of God's attributes, like God's strength, God's, God's competitiveness, not God working and going out in the world, making his mark on the world. Men do this. And we're going to talk about this in my podcast, okay? This attack on masculinity, we're going to talk about that in these podcasts. This is an attack on God. The toxic masculinity garbage you hear today, all of that is an attack on God himself. The attack on gender is an attack on God himself. It is an attack on his design at the very beginning in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. It is an attack on God's design. And we as Christians must realize that attack and address it head on. But all of this equality garbage stops churches from being able to address this problem. Okay, And we're going to address it head on in these podcasts. And the last part here, and I know this is a lengthy introduction here in this first one, but I wanted to get this out here, you know, so that people will understand what you're going to be hearing as, as you listen to these podcasts. It's different than any other Christian, conservative, or biblical podcast that you will hear online, okay? <laughs> so the last thing we're going to talk about is nations, okay? And this one's a really tricky one. And, and, and I hope that I will not be losing um, African American people, Hispanic people, Asian people, Uh, Christians from all walks of life, all tribes, nations, and peoples when I say these things. But I need you to understand this. Okay? What are nations built upon? Historically, nations have been built upon three things. Common religion, common language, and common ethnicity. That has been what... Now, yes, every nation in the world has had some minorities in it. Small groups. But they've always had a dominant religion that was the religion of the people, the language of the people and the ethnicity of the people. Even in the in the Greek, the word for nation that you see in the New Testament is ethnos for ethnicity, okay? But America is the first nation to try and break that mold, okay? And in the beginning, we really at first we just did it with religion where we said oh well well, we won't say that you have to be any religion and we, we failed to protect Christianity at all and we see that secularism came in and took advantage of that and basically pushed Christianity outside of the public sphere because the founders were so worried about church states you know people being dominated by one Christian sect over the other that there was no protection for the common faith of the people at all none and secularism came out and said hey we'll take advantage of this pushed Christianity right out of the public sphere now we have senators publicly denouncing judicial candidates because they're strong Christians. Oh, you might take your faith into your and being a judge. We can't have that. This the founders would be rolling in their graves with what's happened today. We have people. Oh, English can't be the language; shouldn't be the only language of the country. So we're breaking down the common language. We've broken down a, a, a common religion. We're divided on all these things. And yes, we as Americans are divided by ethnicity. We see all this racial division between blacks and whites, and and Hispanics and Asians, and 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 all of this division, all of these things that hold nations together in the past. These things are tearing us apart because we think, oh, you can have a plurality of religions and a plurality of languages and a plurality of ethnicities and everything will be fine and everybody can just get along. And again, I've just thrown that out there. <coughs> I am not, please do not turn me off. Don't stop listening to this. I am not a white supremacist. I am not, I, I, if any Nazi people or Ku Klan people come in here, I will shut them down, okay? I believe all human beings are equal, that, they were, that, that, that that all human beings were created from the blood of Adam, as the New Testament says, okay? Um, it says in Acts 17, 24 to 26, um, that God that made the world and all things, therein, seeing the Lord is the heaven and the earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is he worshiped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth life to all breath and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth, And it's determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So what that says is, and a lot of Christians go, oh, yep, see, and I agree with that, that we're all equally human. Africans, Asians, Europeans, Middle Easterns, South Americans, we are all equally human. Okay. And we love this principle. And it's true. But we ignore the last part of the verse that he hath before determined the times appointed and the bounds of their habitation. This is a reference to God creating the nations. If you look at Deuteronomy 32, 7 to 8, it says this, Remember the days of old, consider the years of, of many generations, and ask thy father, and he will show thee, thy elders, and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance when he separated the sons of adam he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of israel and that's actually a reference to the 70 people that went in with jacob to egypt so so god divided the world at the tower of babel when he when he said hey no you're not staying together gave them all different languages he divided them into 70 different people groups and sent them across the world <coughs> That's how Asians got to Asia. That's how Europeans got to Europe. That's how Africans got to Africa. That's that's how we all got where we got. God's God sent these original people groups out all over the world to their locations after the flood, after the Tower of Babel, where they were supposed to be. God is the inventor of nations. And America not in the beginning. America actually, you know, used to try and protect its its ethnicity dominance okay and some people said oh that's horrible that was racist that was horrible no no and and there were there were evil things that that, that, you know as far as slavery i've talked about i've talked about on my site that the american slavery was not biblical it wasn't right and and we'll get into that in some other podcasts um but uh the point being is that later on about 100 years after we started becoming trying to become multi ethnic, multiracial, multi everything, multi religious, plural everything. We started going and, and, and what holds a nation together started being these dividing points that started to break us apart. Okay? And it's because we we, we did we went against what God said. God divided nations. He divided the people. He divided and, and, and the, it's and it's ethnos. He divided them into common ethnicities. And 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 God wants this, okay? And again I know I know that some people are turning me off and I hope that you don't. I hope that that you and, and even if here's the thing, let me just put it this way. <coughs> My pastor has said this many times. Sometimes when you listen, you may not fully understand some things. You may not even fully accept it sometimes. And sometimes even after your own search into the scriptures you may go, "Mm, I'm not so sure I think that." Okay? But he's but what he has said is is, is a great statement. He said, "But you know what, when you listen to the word, you listen to any teacher of the word, You need to chew up the meat and spit out the bones. So there's going to be some things you're always going to disagree with. And so I hope that I'm going to talk about a lot of different subjects here. I'm going to talk about political things. I'm going to talk about family, marriage, gender roles, why this country is falling apart. And I hope that you won't shut me off if you disagree with me that multi-racialism, multi multiculturalism, all these things is not good for a country. Okay. And I, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for anything crazy. Like we need to ship Hispanics or blacks or other people. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that we, but we just have to recognize where the divisions come from and why they're there. And, and yes, I believe as a, as a nation, we can come to a, a peaceful way that we can coexist with one another, but not in the way that we're doing it today. And people are just set off against one another and, and, and one group, Ethnical group blaming the other one for all of its problems and that's this is where i'm talking about this you know like the hatred of white people and especially the hatred of the white male okay so so if if you understand that if you kind of get where i'm going from i hope you won't shut me off if 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 you're unsure of this that you just listen that you give these podcasts a chance. We're not preaching to hate people. We're not saying to hate black people or Asian people or Hispanic people or anybody else. And that will not be tolerated on this on this site, from comments from people or any other way. I will not tolerate that. Okay? But we also have to recognize the realities of race. And we can't just throw it away. We've can't. We got to recognize that statistics show that most people marry, like, you know, anywhere from 80 to 90% of people marry someone within their race. There's such a thing as racial preference. And and most people prefer to live in a neighborhood that's, you know, 70%, 80%. They'll, they'll, they'll be okay with if it's 20% minorities. But most people want to live in a neighborhood that's the majority of their race. And if you look at the way the country is, is broken up, and even cities that, are, that ha- are multiracial, that's the way it is. You have a certain neighborhood that's a majority one ethnicity, and a certain neighborhood that's a majority another that so we're going to talk about the realities of this this is not racial preference in how who we marry what neighborhood we live in or even what church we go to most churches 99.9% of churches are are are, you know 80% one you know race and maybe 20% minorities okay that the way that we do things is not wrong it's our design now hatred is never right but but racial preference is not wrong, and it's part of our design. It's okay. We don't have to beat ourselves up for being white. We don't have to beat ourselves up for being male or any of these things. Okay? So, again, <coughs> I, I, I hope that if you're a minority listening to this, that I haven't chased you away, that you will listen to what the Word of God says. And, and, and you know, this is only one part of what I'm going to be talking about. In fact, the majority of what I'm going to be talking about <coughs> is not really... The, the, the racial things like this but it is a part there and I wanted to throw that out at the beginning. The majority of what I'm going to be talking about is relationships, family, marriage how you find a wife, how you find a husband, how marriage is supposed to work from a biblical perspective, how the family is supposed to work, how it's supposed to be organized how to understand the differences between the authorities of the family and the church and the nation and how God has divided his, the power between those three and, and they can't step on each other the the, the, the Countries, governments are not unlimited in their power. The idea of a limited government is biblical. We're going to talk about that. And that God has vested um, power, the most power, actually, in the husband and the father. And we have gutted that today. And we're going to talk about that. So all of these things we're going to talk about. So that was the most lengthy introduction in the world. (coughs) So in this last uh, 10 minutes or so, I'm going to talk about the carnage caused by women's suffrage. So on February 5th, 2019, during President Trump's State of the Union address, he made the following statement on the progress of women in America. And he made this statement to thunderous applause after he said it. He said this, No one has benefited more from our thriving economy than women, who have filled 58% of new jobs created in the last year. All Americans can be proud that we have more women in the workforce than ever before. And exactly one century after the Congress passed the constitutional amendment giving women the right to vote, we have we also have more women serving in the Congress than ever before. As part of our commitment to improving opportunity for women everywhere, this Thursday we are launching the first ever government-wide initiative focused on economic empowerment for women in developing countries. So you had all these Democratic women dressed in white, and they they can't stand Trump. And by the way, yes, I am a Trump supporter, um, and uh, they uh, were like, "Oh man, we got to clap for this guy because he's you know, he's talking about women's suffrage." And they were wearing the white, which is for suffrage, celebrating the uh, the century celebration of it. It was uh, ratified by Congress in 1919, uh, and then it was ratified by the states and uh, the final states in 1920. So, man, they were like, oh, man, we got to stand up and clap for this guy. So, but where did all of this start? Most people in America think of the women's rights movement as starting, you know, with with women's suffrage, you know, in 1919, 1920. But it actually started back in the mid-1800s, in the mid-19th century, in 1848 at the Seneca Falls Convention in New York, where they had the first women's rights conference ever in America, okay? So, it was at that conference that they started talking about um, legislation that they had already gotten passed through Congress in, in the mid-1840s about starting to give women property rights, divorce rights, and through through the 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 rest of the 19 uh, 1800s, uh, they they started giving women these rights that allowed them to be more independent of men but the last big one they needed was the right to vote which is that was the, the the crowning achievement which they got in 1919 and 1920 um but here's the truth of the matter and people will be like what's the problem with what trump said what's the problem with w- women's rights this is these are all good things that that women were finally able to own property because they couldn't own property before, that women could easily, more easily divorce their husbands and, and, and you know, women would get child custody because they didn't used to. Let me just fill you in on something here. Before the women's rights movement in the 1800s, the mid-1800s, um, if a woman divorced her husband, she walked away with nothing, no money, not the children, the father retained custody of the children, all the assets, she just walked away with nothing but the clothes on her back. Okay? And that had been that way for most of human history except for you know with some differences the romans did have women owning property and there were some other cultures that did but for most of human history the men owned the property and women were the property of men women were part of the property of men and if you look at the tenth commandment thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife the neighbor's house it's it's his wife was considered his property and you know i'll talk about it many times in the podcast the the hebrew word for marriage is is for is to be owned and and the the husband is called one of the one of the words for husband is owner it literally like says like when it talks about adultery a woman owned by an owner in the hebrew now it says in english a woman married to a husband but in the hebrew it says a woman owned by an owner okay so the whole concept of men owning their wives and i know people like whoa larry oh you're shocking me please stay with me bear with me we're gonna cover a lot of these things in different um podcasts we're gonna talk about but and and i do cover it i I encourage you if you want to if you want to get to it faster you can go in the premium if if you subscribe to the premium the five dollar a month i've got his image our purpose and it explains this the property rights the All of these things, the purpose of men and women, the different distinct purposes for which God created men and women, all of that is explained there. But what has been the result of the women's rights movement? Today we will hear all women's economic empowerment, uh, more women in the economy, scientific achievements that women have made over the last century or so. We, We hear all these economic and scientific and all these wonderful achievements. But what is buried in all of that? is the destruction of marriage and children since the mid-1800s the divorce rate went from three percent to its peak in 1980 the mid-1980s at 54 percent it's dropped to about 45 now only because less people are marrying because marriage has fallen apart it destroyed marriage 60 million marriages have or more than that. More than 60 million marriages ended in divorce since the mid 1800s because of giving women rights, because we disconnected women's dependence on men that God created. Okay? It, it has led to the destruction of marriage. It has led to the destruction of even how men and women come together. With with the abandonment of courting, women stopped listening to their fathers. They started dating. And that was a new invention, dating in the late 1800s. They started having premarital sex. It led to the sexual revolution. And, of course, then we get the 1973 Roe versus Wade decision that led to the deaths, has now led to the deaths of over 60 million babies just in the United States and hundreds of of millions across the world, billions across the world, if you add it up over the decades, okay? Millions or billions, depending on worldwide, have babies, have died because of feminist movements that started in the 18th century, or I mean the 19th century, okay? And even some of the plantings of it were in the late 18th century, okay? But but the official political movements were were, were in the 19th century, so to put this in perspective, 40 million people were killed in Europe, Africa, and the Middle East during World War II. 40 million. We have killed over 60 million babies just since 1973 in the United States. So <coughs> is women's empowerment and 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 women being making scientific achievements and all of these other things is that really worth The blood and the destruction of marriage, the blood of children and the destruction of marriage. I want you to think about that. As a Bible believing conservative Christian listening to this, I want you to think is that worth what's happened? And that's why I refer to this as the carnage of women's suffrage. This is the carnage. It has left carnage in its wake. 60 million marriages destroyed. Through divorce. 60 million babies killed. Through abortion. Okay. And we have. We have destroyed. The mutual dependency. Of men and women. That men went to women. For sex. And for having children. And for having. Taking care of their homes. Throughout the history of mankind. That was God's design. From the beginning. And women sought out men. To be able to have someone to provide for them, to be able to have homes, to be able to have, you know, economics, to to be able to take care of them, to be able to work through someone else, because the husbands would have to own all the property. So even if a wife went and got property, it would be in her husband's name, that, that women and men were intrinsically entwined. And the women's rights movement literally tore the dependency between men and women apart. And anyone who denies this is denying what's right in front of their face. You're denying history and you're denying the destruction of marriage today. Look, young people are scared to death. You look at the the, the statistics of 18 to 34 year olds and, and such a small amount are married than in generations past. It is utterly ridiculous. And you can look at some of these stats that I'll have here um, uh, underneath this uh, the podcast section here, underneath the audio. But here's some key findings, okay? from several search sites and i and i have the links here divorce sites historical sites pew research all of them here okay before the women's rights movement started in 1848 at, Sen- at the seneca falls convention divorce rates were three percent by the time women's suffrage had passed divorce rates had grown to 13 percent. divorce rates peaked in the 1980s at, at around 50 percent, like i said and settling around the mid-40 range where they are now and it's only because of and i'm going to talk about this in a second The the lowering of people marrying, period. Number two, the reason divorce rates started to drop in the 1980s is because of two reasons. Here we go. More people decided not to marry and more people decided to cohabitate. In 2016, more adults ages 18 to 34. So 2016, just a few years ago from a study. In 2016, more more adults ages 18 to 34 were living with their parents by themselves or cohabitating than were married. With the vast majority of non-married persons not even cohabitating, I mean, they're scared of marriage and they're even scared of cohabitating now because of feminism. Look at the Me Too movement. Look at what it's done. It's scaring the bejesus out of men. Okay, it is literally just, just, uh, it, 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 it. Men don't want any part of it. They're like, okay, you know what? Hey, you ladies are offering us free sex when we date. We'll, we'll, we'll take all the free sex, you know, but uh, hey we're not doing this marriage thing. <laughs> and they even showed some studies I read the other day about men are less likely to want to mentor women uh, because they're scared of a woman saying that they harass them or whatnot. I mean, this is the destruction, this is the craziness that, that started with this whole egalitarian equality movement mid-1800s and with feminism it all started from this folks you got to realize the seeds of this were planted a long time ago it just took it a long time for the cancer to grow throughout the entire nation in our, our culture and our families and then the fertility rate <clears throat> this is something i will talk about a lot the fertility rate in the united states in 2018 was around 1.8 uh children per wo- woman in her lifetime we need a fertility rate this is a Recognize UN number, we need a fertility rate of 2.1 simply to keep our population even with no growth. And if you want growth, it's got to be, you know, 2.3, 2.4, 2.5, you know, 3 if you want growth. So and and we're okay with this. We're okay with that. We're not having enough children to replace ourselves. Oh, but we'll just we'll just have immigrants come in and replace them. But but other people around the world are doing the same thing. Fertility rates are dropping in Central America, South America. It's dropping all over the world except for Africa. Africa is like the only continent in the world that still has a higher fertility rate. These are all you can look up. UN. Um, you know, uh, there was even like one for 2019 that shows this, and it shows the world population like stopping growth. The, a new one that just came out this last week, in 20 by by 2100, the world's population will stop growing, and if you look at other studies from the UN, then it will start to decline. And there's even one study that they took off their site, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because they didn't want people reading it. By 2300, they're saying the population of the world will have dropped from eight or 10 billion, wherever it was in 2100, down to two billion. The entire population of the world. If the entire world takes on feminism, takes on this whole, well, yep, women's education, empowerment is more important than them having children, raising children, having families. Okay? And so this is what we're going to talk about in these podcasts. This is what we're going to – so I, I encourage you to listen. And if – man, and if some light bulbs are going on right now, a lot more are going to go on. and And if this is shocking to you, please just listen with an open heart. Keep listening – Open your heart to what God says. Open your heart to the Word of God. We're going to talk about dating, really courting, because dating is is. Uh, I'm going to explain to you, you know, in different reviews why that's not biblical, and I even have that in the premium section already. But but different reviews I'll do here in the basic the the BGR review section here. Um, we're going to talk about relationship issues and why things are so crazy for men and women today, and why we need to change, and why we need to go back. To the old ways. Not all the old ways were good, but not all the old ways were bad. A lot of them were good. A lot of them were good. But we we're, we're here, you know, in 2019. We think we've got it all. We know it all. But we don't, folks. We we don't. The older seven thousand years of uh, uh, history. The older the older ancient cultures. They they knew some things that that we've forgotten. And and we've just decided that oh well well we know better, <laughs> and we'll just continue to worship our god of equality and we can't do that folks we can't so I'm gonna end with this verse because I believe there is hope for our culture second Chronicles 714 says this if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land America can be healed Western civilization can be healed if we will return to the Bible and the God of the Bible if we will reject unbiblical philosophies like socialism, like egalitarianism, like feminism, if we will return to God's design of nations, of the church, of the family, of marriage, of gender roles for men and women, what he created men and women to do, we can have our land healed. We can have our families healed, our churches healed, and our nations healed. Thanks for listening. May God bless you, and I hope you'll come back um, for the next uh, podcast here on the BGR Review. Thanks for listening.